The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. You said what you're feeling is juicy joy, juicy joy. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are so deserving of all the joy and juiciness you can stand. I'm Lisa McCourt of Joy School, and this is Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Let's do some joy. Hello, beautiful listeners. I am so grateful for you as we wrap up this traditional season of thankfulness and gratitude. I just want to remind you that you fill my heart every day. I don't know each of you personally, the way I know my joy schoolers, but I feel you. I feel your sweet energy out there. And just the fact that you come together with me here to continually explore ways to elevate your own vibration, which as we know, elevates the vibration of everyone around you. And by extension, elevates the vibration of all humanity. This is no little thing, my listener darlings. You are on a powerful, powerful (laughs) team. And I want to remind you what a valued member of that team you are. I am just so thankful to know you're out there in the dozens of countries that show up on my listener metrics with big old representation now on every continent except Antarctica. I'm not sure how to crack Antarctica. But I just want you to feel that now so that you can rub it into your heart. And when you're out there in regular life and it feels like you're a unicorn and nobody gets you because regular life makes us feel that way a lot, right? I want you to remember you're part of this powerful, beautiful global team of like-hearted souls who care about elevating positivity and love and joy in this crazy place. I want you to feel that sisterhood and brotherhood so it can sustain you as we head into the busy, busy season, right? That we herald as the season of joy, but we all know it can dip in the other direction too. So just rub that into your heart, my sweet peas. You are so valued and loved. Today, I get to share with you a friend who just personifies all the things I just blabbed at you about. He is kindness incarnate. He is one of the most pure and gentle beings I've encountered, and he's going to infect you today with that gorgeous, peaceful heart and compassionate wisdom of his. He is no stranger to creating Global Tribe. His loyal flock of millions are drawn to his simply magnetic presence that you're about to experience. Paul Boynton is the author of the bestsellers Begin With Yes and Be Amazing. He's a true believer in the power of hope and optimism. He's a personal and business coach, popular keynote speaker, recently retired from being president of the Moore Center, an organization that serves people with intellectual disabilities. 
His writing has frequently been featured in the Huffington Post, the Good Men's Project, lots of other prestigious publications, and Paul has generously shared with me a sneak peek at his newest book about to be released called Remember, A Little Book of Courage, Comfort, and Hope. It is beautiful and amazing, just like him. Welcome, my friend. Hi, Lisa. I just want to listen to you. Watch, just watch you talk and listen to you talk. I can I just can, would you just keep talking and let me do that? So it's really wonderful to be here, and you've been so um, gracious and flexible um, to make this possible. And I'm so excited to be here. So I've been looking. I've been. We're actually these are pre-recorded. Everyone knows that. Do they know that? Yeah, they yeah, know that. So, anyways, <laughs> yeah, I've been looking forward to this conversation all morning. So I'm excited. Oh, I love hearing you say that. I'm going to rub <laughs> that in because I've just been so excited to spend this time in your energy. I know I, I always say that to you, but it's like we we talk sometimes here about the rub off effect, right? How being in someone's yeah. energy field just naturally allows for a little rub off, and I just. I've been very excited about the idea of getting that rub off from you. So here we All go. All right, well, let's, let's make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. So your your new book is just so wonderful. We um we do this thing in Joy School on our in our online groups where we start off with a brag because we're taught not to brag or be too proud of ourselves, right? That's kind of ingrained into us, and that's some mm. conditioning that we overturn in Joy School. And I happen to know that you have quite a bit to brag about right now around endorsements for the new book. So my humble friend, my initial challenge to you is brag on that book a little bit. Tell us some of these endorsements. Mm. They're awesome. I, it's um it's like finding endorsements is always kind of I, I kind of save it to the last minute um and it, I, I guess it's that the magnet that you're talking about it's sort of like I mean it's not that I don't do anything to create sort of the energy to um, find people and and um, and ask people if they're willing to to do it but um, sometimes people just find me too or through connections or somebody knows somebody that knows somebody and then at the last minute they all just um, came together so first of all I have you endorsing my book and like you're kind of a hero of mine because you've sold so many books it's like you go on Amazon and you search for you and you need like to set aside like an hour just to see all the books that you've written and published and and you have so many people who um, follow you and and it's not just one genre I mean it's I guess it's one genre in a way because it's all about good stuff but it's all over the place in wonderful ways so um, that's exciting and and so I, I felt really lucky to find you and and you got to say yes to endorsing my book and that's because we shared a mutual friend Jacob um, who's kind of a matchmaker he I don't think he would like to think of himself as a matchmaker but he is so um, and then at the last minute I got um, Brooke Shields who I'm really excited about and she's somebody um, that my son had met and then he made the introduction and then um, we exchanged a few emails and she was so on board. I think it's hard when you ask people to participate in, in endorsing a book about um, comfort, courage, and hope. It's hard for people not to want to do that, I think, because everyone is sort of feeling like, yeah, that kind of resonates with what I need right now. And as I wrote the book, that's what I, I wrote it, not from a place of knowing, but from a place of needing, I think. 
Um, and so it's, um, I don't know if you had said in your gorgeous introduction that, that my stuff is heartfelt, but it does really come from a place of, of what do I need to hear? What's going on in my life? And um, in the book, what I try to do is just share more of me with people um, because, you know, I, 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 I have always, I guess, marched to the beat of a different drum. And I used to feel um, like that was not a good thing. But now I get that, you know, that's who I am. And, and who I am is why I'm here, right? To, to show up as, as Paul. Um, so that's a long answer to your question but I, I think you didn't even like dip your toe into the brags that you could have done but oh. <laughs> but <laughs> but yes I think that people make this we think we make decisions based on rational pros and cons mm -hmm. lists and but we don't we all make decisions based on a gut based on a little moment pull and I don't think there's anybody who could like metaphorically hold this book in their hands. I know they're not holding it in their hands right now. They're getting in their email, mm -hmm. but I think it's just your energy is so well imprinted into that material that I don't, well, I can't you. imagine anybody taking even a moment to consider it and saying, no, this isn't something I want to endorse. So. Well, thank you. And, and your, your words were beautiful. And, um, when the, when I actually will be seeing the book for the first time myself, very soon so i look forward to that and maybe by the time people hear this the book will already be available so um That's but I, I look forward to that you know that holding the book in your hand is a great moment um, it is. because it's it takes a lot of work and a lot of people helping you too to make it all come together and um it's it's if i tried to do it all by myself i probably wouldn't have any books out there so theme for all of uh, us I think yeah. I've, I've Facebooked that moment in the past where the, the box arrives and you cut it open and it's, ah, oh, the yeah. smell of fresh books in the morning. It's done, yeah. that, like, beautiful. <laughs> and then you find a typo, right? <laughs> first thing. First thing, you open it up to that one typo they got by. <laughs> right. It happens to the best of people. So, in fact, you know, I collect um, signed first editions of books and oh. the, the most, um, the luckiest finds are by really famous authors on, in their first print where there's a typo. So those are the hardest to um, come by when you find one, it's gold, so. That's so fun, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Celebrating our humanness, celebrating yeah. mistakes, yes. That's yeah. what we gotta do. Oh, you know, when you say that, can I just say one other thing I'm doing? Last year I did it and I did it again this year, but I'm taking improv classes um in orlando with a group and that seems a little bit scary but they it's such an incredible you get together with with like 12 other people that you've never met before you've got an instructor you immediately jump into doing improv exercises and they celebrate mistakes it's sort of like that's sort of like the fabric of doing improv if, if not being afraid to make a mistake and so it's like, that's, it's, it's very liberating because as soon as you make a mistake, everyone bursts into a round of applause. And, um, it's, so I go in, I'm always a little nervous going, you know, walking into the class, but five minutes after I've started, I'm just so engaged and having so much fun because making a mistake does not happen. And out of the mistakes, actually some amazing good stuff comes from the mistakes. So 
I love that so, you described sorry that. Sorry to go off track. No, uh, I love that. We do a similar thing in joy school. We have like a, a week where we have to bring back all our mistakes. And then like we, we look at, you know, where mistakes have led in the past. And yes, absolutely. I absolutely agree. There's really no such thing. No such thing as a mistake. <laughs> Beautiful. So maybe we should begin with yes. Okay. Let's begin with begin with yes. Since that yes. was, uh, you know, one that I, I know people are, are familiar with and has been just such a, a boon to so many people. You talk there about combining, I think, the magic of the law of attraction with this entity you call the law of action and how right. it's so important to conflate those two. I don't know if you want to talk about that. The yeah, importance I, think, of... I, I think that book, the sort of the, the birth of that book came... At that time, there was so, so so much conversation about manifesting things by thinking about them and imagining that you had the ideal job that you wanted. Or, And as much as I liked that, um, it never quite, it, it always felt like something was missing. And the, the part, at least for me, um, and, and, and it's very, it's very possible that there are people listening right now who simply manifesting all by itself works, but it never really worked very well for me. And I thought that the, the piece that was missing was the doing something. And so it's sort of, um, it, it's almost like, like the universe does show up to help us, but we first have to show up and, and have an intention and a willingness, I think, to actually you know, to step into the unknown. It's like if if my dream is to write a book, manifesting that by thinking about it is not going to make a book happen. And so it's sort of like you write that for a sentence. And then, um, then I always say people, because so many people would love to write a book, or at least people in my circle talk about wanting to write a book that's something. And I've always said to then write that first sentence because as soon as you write that first sentence, you're no longer saying, I wish I w was writing a book. You can say, I am writing a book because you are in process. And once once you begin, um, then I think that's, I really think that's when the universe, the universe sort of waits for us to see if we're serious about this, if it's something we really want. And I don't know if that's grounded in um, in science or, or um, in the beliefs held by other people. But for me, that's, how begin with yes sort of took hold. And I used to think that yes was the powerful word in the title of that book. And then someone said to me, you know what, Paul, I think begin mm. is the powerful word. Um, and I think they're right. I think, um, and so the beginning could be, um, it could be the beginning of anything. It's not just writing a book. It's like having a good day. Um, uh, having, um, a, a happy birthday party, um, finding a new pet. I mean, it's like it's it, it works for every situation. You can't imagine a situation where that that act action is not important, and you're you've in complete control of it. Like you have all this power, and that's the other thing that sometimes like it kind of frustrates me a little bit because people, it's so easy to focus on the power that we don't have. And ignore all the power that we do have. So there are some things we can't change. We can't if, it, if, if it's going to rain today, it's going to rain today, and I haven't figured out how to influence that. Um, and so if if all I'm doing is thinking and talking and being with that, oh no, it's going to rain today, then I'm completely ignoring all the power that I do have. Well, what can I do inside? Um, 
where's my umbrella? Um, who wants to go for, um, uh, you know, shopping at the mall with me? All, all kinds of things. And so it's, it's by focusing on what, what power we don't have, we give up um, grabbing hold of all the power that, that we do have. And so I say we are all, all everyone listening to this right now is a powerful person. Um, no matter what your situation, um, you just have to focus on what power. And sometimes you have to start with really small things. I had a woman with Begin With Yes who was, um, and I, I've never met her, but she has this incredible story. She was waiting for a, an organ transplant. And to be totally honest, I can't remember what organ she needed to have transplanted. But she was um, so um, unhealthy, she was, in, she was bedridden. And so even if they found an organ for her, she would not have been a worthy donor because her health was so bad. And so her first step was putting, sitting up at bed and putting her two feet on the floor. And to me, that's like, that may seem like nothing to some people, but to her, that was a very powerful step. And she just kept taking those small steps and then she would stand up and then a couple of days later she was you know brushing her teeth and then she got to the to the front steps and opened the door and so to make a long story short um she she got healthy um and and she began um a small business with making crafts at home and she was at a restaurant and met a stranger who offered her organ oh my gosh um and she ended up getting a transplant from a server in a restaurant who just heard her story. But if she had stayed in bed and and there may be people who can't get out of bed. So then you have to you have to sort of say, well what can I do? What power do I have? But that's an honest to God true story. Um and now she's thriving. Um but it began with putting just two feet on the floor. So that is the That's perfect story steps. to exemplify yeah. that. Even if it would have been a made-up story, it would have been the perfect story, right. and it was yeah. real. So, uh, and she's and she's. I see her all the time on Facebook. She's always chiming in and adding her two cents, oh, which is wow. wonderful. So, it reminds me. I was just at a conference with Anne Lamott, and her book "Bird by Bird" is you know the the. I just bought that. Yeah. It, so the story behind it for it. for listeners who don't know is just that her son was totally overwhelmed about having to write a report. He wasn't you know a great student, and and this like report about birds was this this bane of his existence that he was going to have to do this. And she said she just sat down and opened a book from the Audubon Society and say, you know how we're going to do it? We're going to do it bird by bird, you know, and it just mm. like one bird at a time. That's all we have to do. Yeah. And it became this whole like way of, uh, of her teaching for, for authors and writers. Like you're saying, just write that mm. first sentence, just take it bird by yeah. bird. And I, I heard bits and pieces of, of her speaking and um, immediately bought that book for myself. And yeah, it's the kind of book you can just open anywhere and read a couple of paragraphs. And yeah, it's, it's she's so eloquent. Wonderful stuff, yeah. And then Jacob told me that was one of her first books. Which yeah, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, that was in the go. beginning of my writing <laughs> journey, for sure, yeah. a long time ago. But I also feel like when you talk about the law of attraction and, and the law of action, that yes the law of attraction is so powerful in that we have to shift our our energy our vibration toward this thing that we want to manifest 
But like we always you know, talk about in, in joy school, your manifestations can never outrun what you deeply, truly believe inside. So you can be saying these affirmations and, and looking toward this thing you want to manifest, but if you don't really believe that, that you're worthy of it, that it's going to happen, that you can make it happen, that you can create it, then the, the energy you know, is just the, the hands are tied. The universe can't co-create right. with you under those circumstances. So your method is the perfect way to show you, well, I, I did this first step. So that that's what I think shifts the belief around so that all of that energetic you know, attention can have something solid under it to help you to truly believe in what you're manifesting. Right. I mean, it's like if you um, if you want to be an artist, but you never you never pick up a paintbrush or um, crayons or whatever what how, how however you imagine creating. If you if you don't begin, then it's just something you want to have happen. But as soon as you begin, you are, are an artist then. Um, and then, so it's that, it's a very, um, it's a life changing shift that happens. And um, because once you've written a couple of sentences, then before you know it, you've completed a chapter. Um, and then before you know that, um, and and honestly, my books, I, I never, when, whenever I've written a book, it's never ended up being the book that I exactly thought it would be at the beginning. Um, and I, I know that's not, a universal experience, but that's been my experience. Is that it's part of the part of writing the book is actually one small step at a time. You create it's in process. It's a work in progress process um, and a work in progress as well. So I know, agree. There you go. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. All right, listeners, we're going to let you in on a little fun thing that just happened. You might have noticed once or twice before my lawn guy comes while I'm doing this podcast. Well, he was outside the window, so I asked Paul to bear with me. I have pulled everything into a closet, and we are now continuing from my bedroom closet. (laughs) And we thought that's kind of an apt metaphor because joy, truly, as I know y'all have heard me say countless times, is about coming out of all those closets that we're in. We think that all these masks that we wear are protecting us and, and, and that we're actually fooling somebody into seeing us the way we want to be seen. And all of that is just a lie. All that mask does is imprison us and it just, um, it's not conducive to our joy. So dropping the masks to ever greater degrees instead of me coming into the closet, we were talking about coming out of closets. Yeah. It's the ticket to joy, right, Paul? Yeah, I totally agree. And it's sort of like the um, being in the closet typically or coming out of the closet, it's typically been used to describe um, gay men who are have decided, or gay women who have decided that they're going to show up as who they really are and let the world know that they're gay, which is something I did. Um, several years ago, but did it really rather late in life. Um, I was a CEO of a nonprofit. Um, 
I was coming out of a marriage um, and had been single for a while. Um, and there were and there was a lot going on in my life. Um, but at some point, something just clicked for, for me. And um, I think you said something, and I can't remember exactly what it was. Or you dropped the mask a little at a time. Um, and I think that for me, coming out um, was not like a big event. It was kind of a gradual event. It was kind of, of, of telling people who I was really close to. And then um, and then eventually I, I was as out as you can possibly be. And I discovered that nobody really, I mean, the people who really loved me just loved me a little bit more. Um, and it just, it just it didn't even create a ripple. So I, I had created in my whole, if we have time, let's talk about how powerful our minds are to create reality. But I want to talk about oh, the We got time for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, because um, it's, it's I, I wrote a, a short piece. I think it might have been for the Huffington Post, but it, it was like, I, it's like it's not just gay little boys and girls that that get pushed into the closet i think it's everybody or, or not everybody but there's the closet is packed full of people and they're not all gay and it's because we've been encouraged to hide parts of ourselves that might make some people uncomfortable um and and so we begin to sort of um put that stuff off to the side and so i discovered that the closet was was full and it wasn't just um gay little boys and girls but it was tons of little boys and girls who um for for a million different reasons were not encouraged to be themselves and i don't think parents do that i think sometimes parents do that because they think they're protecting their children um so i don't think it necessarily comes from a bad place but the um the end result is that we grow up um, everyone that has hidden part of themselves um, has put themselves in a place where no one can really love them completely because they're not completely available to be loved. Um, and that we cannot validate each other if the person in front of us isn't willing to offer themselves up to be validated as a real person. And that works both ways and so the more i think we all sort of so i would challenge everybody listening to this right now to just sort of explore you know what part of you might still be hidden and i'm i'm sure that that's you know i saw a bumper sticker once that said what do you know that you're not letting yourself see and i love that because if i if, you know and i might do this today i i might ask myself what part of me is still hidden away yeah. Um, and I bet I would find a, a little piece of me. And so it is a gradual process and maybe it's, maybe it's a life learning process, but the more you do it, the more you want to do it. And then you, you invite other people who are willing to take those risks to be in your circle. And those are the people you want in your circle, because those are the people who can really, then you can really validate each other and love each other and enjoy each other um, because you're showing up as best you can, as authentically as you can right now. And if you're not ready to go take the mask completely off, take it off for a minute or two or take it off a little bit. It's sort of like go at your own pace, but experiment with that. And and um, I, honestly, I honestly feel like my relationships only bloomed more um as a result of that and the more and that's one of the things in my new book because i i write so much about positivity and hope and 
And I think people imagine that I, I have a life that's perfect or that I, I everything is, is goes my way all the time or that I, I speak um, as a sort of like I have this this great wisdom. And in fact, I really don't. I, I share the same experiences as everybody else does. I just talk about them. And so in my new book, I sort of share some of the messages that have been really popular, but then I sort of try to share pieces of myself that relate to to that message um so and i think that that's kind of an invitation to you know let other people be themselves too it absolutely is it's what makes your your writing so magnetic so so Mm. kerklunk and Mm. just just to go back to a few of the things you said yes we we can't we complain that we're not loved unconditionally but there could be people with boatloads of unconditional love that want to give them Mm. to us but unless we let them see us unconditionally there's no opportunity to be loved unconditionally and i do think parents are doing the best they can and if parents haven't learned to lower the mask they think the mask is protecting them so of course they want to pass that on so that their child can be protected in the way that they feel makes sense in the way that has protected right. them and and you're so it's... right about the pacing I, I work with um families all the time i'm president of pflag of my local chapter and it's always like the the parents come in with the question well how long is this stage and when does this happen and what should this there there's no answer right. to these questions right. no matter what yeah. the pacing is that's comfortable for for your child for this individual that's the correct pacing and it is different for everyone and you can't rush it and you can't thwart it it just has to be be what feels right um you know you mentioned a lot about gay people I have a beautiful transgender daughter and that's most of what people come to to pflag and organizations like that for today it's so funny my my friends you know like like you my friends my age who who uh had to go through coming out at some point you know especially the ones who came out younger that was like the the end of the world for parents in the day you know and it was like this now parents across the board when when they have a transgender child, I wish they were just gay. Like, wish it was just right, gay is right. now the <laughs> just right, gay. Yeah. <laughs> and of, right. of course, the older people who had to you know deal with coming out think that's hysterical. That like now it's like oh they're just gay. But um, but it's true. It's just like society keeps moving forward, but painfully slowly in terms yeah. of acceptance and and making it you know feel okay for kids to just be themselves, whatever they are. Right. Right. And we can talk about gay sort of as an example, but it's really just an example. And I, listening to you just speak, it, I'm just sort of struck by, like, we, if, if we're surrounded by people who are, who don't dare to show up as they really are, um, and we don't dare to show up as we really are, then we're missing all these opportunities. It's like, like when we were talking about not finding the power that you have, the opportunities to love and be loved. We're surrounded by those opportunities. Um, And yet we um, have have just been um, taught and frightened into not going there. And so experiment with it, take a chance. Um, And um, and, uh, to me, that's like, oh my God, what an incredible opportunity awaits all of us. it really so is the way to deepen connections. Are. If you want connections right. with fellow humans, that's the way to deepen it, just to right. continuously. And we all probably are still wearing layers of masks, so it's just yeah. like taking off yeah. that next one and that next one. But that's that's what rearranges tribe, too. I think that we do tend to gravitate and attract people who are similarly unmasked to us. Right. And as we up-level right. that, they come with us where we attract different tribe. And, and that's a lot of the sorting that goes on. 
And then you add to that the fact that we are all evolving as human beings too. So Paul Boynton today is not the same with Paul Boynton uh, 10 years ago, because um, I've learned things about myself and about other things. And so I've sort of, so I'm evolving, I'm changing, I'm growing. And so it's sort of like, you know, the mask that, that maybe was the focus of all my attention, you know, 15 years ago is, is now like, that's all the, I've taken care of that mask. So you're, you're just always sort of, sort of look, sort of discovering yourself part of the process, right? I think so. I think that's so, what keeps it interesting and spicy. Yeah. We call it the spiral in Joy School. Right. It's like even like a, a very specific concept or principle that we learn. And and what I was saying earlier about your work that I feel is so valuable is like we, we all know these mindful principles and spiritual principles and we've heard them and maybe they make sense to us intellectually, but there's a difference. We, we use the word kerklunk in Joy School, difference between mm-hmm. having an intellectual understanding and when it just yeah. goes kerklunk, kerklunk right. solidly in right. your heart. And I feel yeah. like you, the, the 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 presence that you put into your work, the simplicity, the directness, there, there's just a, a, a way that it filters through the consciousness in a really uh, beautiful, uh, kerklunked sense that I think well, people respond to. Thank you. That's sweet. I appreciate that. And that comes from being who you are. You know, you, like you said, you put so much of yourself into it. Uh, Unmasked. There's there's not pretense. You know, and that forces me to circle back to improv because they were they were going around the room and we had done this exercise where um, you're you're doing something and you 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 mime it a little bit and then you're surrounded by the rest of the class and they're asking you questions trying to and it it dawned on me at some point and I just said you know this is really easy if you just tell the truth. And the improv teacher goes, oh my God, that's the essence of improv. It's like, just, it's easy to do improv if you just tell the truth. Yes. Um, if you're trying to be funny or you're trying to create something or you're just tell the truth. And there was something so simple about that. And what you just said resonated with and reminded me of that class. So. That's funny. That's reminding me. Um, the the podcast guest just prior to you, I think you know him as well, Chris Niebauer. He was saying this beautiful thing about like he studies right and left brain hemispheres, right? Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. he he would say how he would try to be clever with his students. He's a college professor, and he would try to like you know have this rehearsed joke to go with his material, and it would always just like fall flat. But he, the way he would put it, like when he would just get out of the way and be in the moment and be connected yes. to flow Absolutely. and source, which is truth, as you're calling it, right. that he you know he would be just like fantastically funny and everybody would you know be be cracking up but but it didn't ever come from him trying to plan it with his logical left exactly. brain it came from getting out of the way like you're forced to do an improv right which is like maybe that's a metaphor for life it's like yeah improv. we're doing improv we're just showing up as who we are and um being present and letting the day happen and so anyways um i'm loving improv can you tell i can (laughs) tell but i I can tell you i'm also nervous every day when i when it's almost time to go into class because it's new it's it's outside of my comfort zone that's how we stay alive right finding that edge Mm -hmm. and keep pushing our comfort zone that little bit more and and oh my god we just like we're like singing a song together but it's um it's like and now i have i've met 12 new people in my life who i'm beginning to develop friendships and relationships with um who i never would have met before if i hadn't taken the class and dared to go outside of my comfort zone so enough about that 
No, I love that. I love that very much. I'm going to come up to Orlando and see it. Do you ever do shows? Do ever... We do. In fact, we have a showcase. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. Ah. If you're on your way to Gainesville, you could stop in Orlando. Exactly. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. I love that. So I, I know I've I've seen you post and write about setting and maintaining personal boundaries. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is projection, but I'm guessing that's been a hurdle in your life. It's definitely yeah. been a huge hurdle for me. So I'm curious about your journey with, with having boundaries and being that quintessential nice guy, like I know you are. Yeah, I think that... Um... I think that setting boundaries has, has has always required me to pay attention to to what was happening and what was going on because one part of not setting boundaries is that there's something liberating about that as long as people are not taking advantage of the lack of boundaries and so it's the for me at least the boundary you have to begin paying attention to the boundary issue um, when when you discover that people are taking advantage of, of you and I, I think there's so so it, the struggle for me is how do you stay open um, and um, loving um, and I and I think the answer to that goes back to something you said at the very beginning about what you feel in your gut and, and you know on some level if this if this doesn't feel right and if it doesn't feel right I, I've learned that um, if I have to take a chance on something, I'm going to take a chance on trusting um, my gut. Yeah, um, and so setting boundaries is is um, it has been a really challenge for me. Um, the other thing that's been a really challenge for me is wanting to, I guess, um, I'm not sure exactly how to say it, but try to help people have happier lives um and you can't force people to do that and i really want people to be happy do you know what i mean so if i'm uh, around somebody that is not i mean I, and i'm not happy 24 hours a day i think the queen of england said she had happy moments and so i always like that it's sort of like have you know have happy moments and and so it's it's um but i i want people to sort of feel good and and happy and hopeful and so and i've had to sort of create some boundaries for how much of it of that is really my business to worry about um or take on and i have i really i'm still working on that to be honest with you lisa is not wanting to um because not everybody maybe wants what I want and um, or not everybody is ready for that and you I I, if I've learned anything is you cannot force somebody or you can't make somebody do something that's good for them Um, and the harder you try the harder you fall so um, so I'm I, I still work on that to be honest with you I am so glad I was called to point you in that direction because you took it to a, a deeper place that I so resonate with. Absolutely. It yeah. is it is the, the truth that everybody gets to have their journey and they get to choose right. their journey every step of the way. And if they come to me and say, hey, I want to embrace joy in my life, then oh, I got you. I got you, Cookie. Let's go. Let's do this thing. But yep. I can't suggest, you know what you could use is maybe some more joy in your life. I'm like, nope, that's not going to fly. <laughs> Right. I, you know, we could, yeah, you can, 
Like I sort of, I, I think sometimes I cut myself too much slack because I'm always like giving people suggestions that they may not even want to hear or like <laughs> someone like I would say, well, if you want more friends, why don't you take an improv class or why don't you um, smile at people when you're walking down the street or talk to people when you're on the um, subway or on the bus or um, so I, 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 I feel like my need to give suggestions is probably, I probably overdo that as well but um so i'm i'm still evolving in that arena for sure and it, and it comes from that genuine desire to want to yeah. to share what you've discovered and you're probably mm. like me people are always like sending me like oh how can you always be so nice to everyone all the yeah. time isn't that exhausting mm -hmm. blah 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 mm -hmm. no you don't get it i'm not really doing it for them i'm like a selfish <laughs> sob and it feels so good to me that i yeah. do it for me and yeah right. hopefully it benefits some people out there but it's always for me it's like right. pulling that love that's always available through right. us and directing it to someone it feels so good to pull it through us it's always right. there so yeah we want we want we have a passion to want to um i guess I, I that's how it felt to me when, when my whole career sort of turned in this direction was once you've kind of peeked beyond the veil and you you see how simple application of tools can can change everything mm -hmm. in your life i mean right. I, my whole life turned around it's like there's there's nothing else that you can do that has any meaning than the want to share that information because right. it's dumbfounding how few people really understand it and it's getting to be more and more but you know just to be a conduit for that for anybody who does want to learn these things that, mm -hmm. that that you teach and that i teach then then that's just so rewarding and it is yeah. kind of for us right because it feels mm -hmm. so good to do it <laughs> <laughs> I can remember one time you, in one of your early emails to, to me, you said, is it too early to say I love you or something like that? And I, like, I often think like, and, and like, sometimes I fall in love with people in, in, in an elevator for, oh, you know, yeah. like a two minute ride and I'll never see them again. So it, Absolutely. It's, um, it's just, it's a, just a, a, a willingness to just sort of be open for a minute or two with somebody is an incredible it's and it's free for me really i'm the one that walks out of the elevator with a smile on my face and maybe they do too but i'll never know that yeah. um, but um but i do fall in love quickly so. and often it's a recognition right it's it's just yeah. like there, there's a there's a we're energetic beings swimming in a sea of energy we're gonna have you know ener energy surges that are, are pointing us toward like oh mm. like sold like-hearted person yes yeah, love you cool. love you love you yeah Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So let's see, I had a few things I had pulled out that I wanted to, to have conversation starters with you that I found intriguing. And uh, yeah, I this is something that you didn't write, but you posted a C.S. Lewis quote that I love, mm -hmm. and I love to talk about this. So I wondered if you'd want okay. to talk about it. I'm going to read it. You said, imagine okay. yourself living as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps you can understand what he is doing. He's getting the drains right, stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew those jobs needed doing, so you're not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is God up to? The explanation is that God's building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage but god is building a palace yeah 
I love that quote. I've, I've used that before, and I love talking about that because I feel like so many people right now, the whole world is in such flux and chaos, and I believe it's because God is building a palace. Yeah, I mean, and, and that sort of sort of allows us to gracefully sort of circle back a little bit to the conversation about how we create our realities with our thoughts. And so if you're imagining a little cottage, then um, that's sort of what you'll have for the moment. And so it's, um, for me, that quote sort of reminds me that the um, process of becoming isn't without pain necessarily um and it's it's not one um necessarily at least for me it hasn't been like a straight line or a um a line without bumps or or missteps or mistakes i i read a lot about mistakes because our lives are full of what we call mistakes and um it's it's sort of um that quote is so full of so much feeling and and um, in truth, um, and that if we can just sort of, and I guess that I feel that way about the book, that, that the new book sort of um, became more than, um, it actually started out as quite a different book and, and morphed into something that is, I think, far more beautiful than what I had intended to write in the first place, even though I had very good intentions. Um, and so, it, it, and I, and and those those sort of um, I don't know what the, the sort of the sort of changes of the course corrections, the changes, the letting go of what you've already written because it no longer fits, even though you think it's beautiful. Um, those kinds of things. Um, there is some we we have attachment to a lot of the things that we believe and so letting go isn't always easy and um and i i, I feel like there's so many things to talk about but letting go is like one of the hardest things for me mm -hmm. of letting go of, all, of people of beliefs of um how i thought things should be or were going to be it's sort of like the letting go is like sort of um to me, it feels like that's just part of our our, our time here right now um, is, is to learning how to let go because um, we we hold on so tightly sometimes to things that we know are not even good for us. Um, and so um, I, I'm sorry that I've taken you all over Robin Hood's bond on this one by you throwing out that quote, but it, it's, it's just so rich with so many things that um to speak to and speak up i think that's why it resonates with so many people mm -hmm. because they feel it it makes sense they know what that feels like they know what that means yeah um, and it feels good to, to rest in some sort of trust or faith that there is some divine plan going on with that yeah. and that it's it's ultimately yeah. for for our benefit but i yeah. feel you in in uh and it being really hard to let things go i've had a lot mm -hmm. a lot of that in my life up lately that's been really difficult and you know we we do the best we can and that uh that makes me think of a, another quote that i pulled out of the new book actually where you said sometimes doing our best means we got out of bed this morning right. it means despite the realities and challenges in our path we still managed to put one foot in front of the other move in the direction that made the most sense for us and 
you know, I, I've taught the four agreements as part of Joy School for a couple of decades now. Miguel Ruiz Jr. has taught through my Joy School many times mm -hmm. in person and online. And there's always been that one that I found kind of problematic, and it's the agreement to always do your best. And I've asked Miguel about it because, to me, that's that's a little bit of a, a, a pressure anxiety producing one. Because no matter yeah. how much effort we put into something, there's always like a little bit more effort we could have put in, right? So do we ever right. get to say, I think I did my best? Because like doing mm -hmm. your best in this one thing over here probably means you're neglecting other things over there that Absolutely. are not getting your best. So how do you hit that? sweet spot right yeah I, and I, I think that it's it's and then we spend a lot of time judging ourselves about having missed the mark somehow um, when another it's sort of another I, I love the concept of shifting our, our thoughts around what's another way to look at this um, so maybe I didn't hit I did my best um, in this arena today but I actually um, got the paper written that I needed to write, or I, I got the laundry folded that I needed to fold. Um, I um, got through today without crying, um, or, or whatever it is. It's sort of like, so I, I don't know, it's sort of like, it, I think it's wonderful to, to want to do our best, but I think it's more wonderful to give ourselves credit for, for trying our best, right. um, for showing up and, um, in getting through another day um, to be compassionate yeah. on where we set that standard for what our best is yeah. to, to understand right. that we, we don't mean do our best to the point of exhaustion or resentment or you know we, it's just do our best in a way that feels healthy and whole and compassionate toward right. us and our lives are complex we have we have um there are other people in our lives we have um jobs that we have to worry about we have bills we have to pay we have home repairs that need to be done we have pets that need to be walked and so so doing our best in all of those arenas is like setting ourselves up for to not feel good and, and i want people to get into bed at the end of the day and say you know what today was not maybe a perfect day but it was a good day um and i got something done um and i'm one step and to me that's the beauty of a small step because if you take one small step there's no you can't go to bed without at least giving yourself credit for having taken one small step today i've done something good today and um to me that's uh, you know that's a that's a place where if someone can say that i would like them to feel good about themselves yeah, that, that's really the, the full circle of it, right? It's not just about taking that step. It's about giving yourself the credit and compassion around taking that step. It's right. about about just loving yourself right where you are, even if it felt like a teeny tiny step. Even if all you did was turn around in the bed and put your feet on the floor, you have no idea where that's going to lead to go back that's to that true. beautiful story. Yeah. Yeah, so that's really important that's to hold in mind. So I know we're probably running out of time, but want to talk about the power of our thoughts for a few minutes? I do. And just quickly, I'm going to put this thought in your head and maybe it'll tie into yeah. the power of our thoughts. Yeah. I always uh, give the listeners every episode some sort of practice to go take into their, their week or two weeks at this point right now where I'm only doing this every two weeks. Some sort of uh, practice related to what we've talked about or just idea to hold in their minds. I was thinking we could have gone back to the, you know, where can you come out of the closet thing if we need to, yeah. but maybe something will emerge. Yes. Talk about power of our thoughts. Let's do that. I mean, I, I just, I, I feel like one of the, the funnest things you can do is when you're, when you have, a, a, when you're feeling badly about something, um, 
and it could be something really kind of simple. And the story that I often tell about this is I was driving by, Michael and I were on a ride and we went by a house that I thought looked like it had so many additions and it just looked like a mess. And I said, oh my God, look at that ugly house. And I thought like to somebody that is probably not an ugly house, number one, right? And so is there, is there another way I could because to me, that sort of creates an energy sort of within me of, of, of a critical energy where I'm looking at something and, and making a judgment about it. And so I just sort of, and Michael said, that doesn't sound like begin with yes to uh, me. Hi, um, God, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and so I, I remember thinking, oh, there was another way to frame that. And, um, and that, that was, although that's not a type of house that I'm drawn to, I can imagine that someone put a lot of love into creating that house and that somebody else really loves that house. Um, and so it's like I, the simplest way, we could do a whole show in the power of our thoughts, but the simplest way is like now that we're down in, in Florida for the winter it's, and sometimes it gets really, really warm down here, a warm day when it's 90 to somebody is a perfect beach day and to somebody else, it's like, oh my God, it's hot on dying. Yeah, absolutely. The reality has not changed. It's 90 degrees. That's what's true. Um, but it's how, what we do with it in our head. Is it going to be a perfect beach day or think, isn't it wonderful that the sun is shining and I'll um, put on some sunscreen and go for a walk with the dog? Or And so we frame things. We create our reality by what we tell ourselves. And then, you know, when we talk to ourselves, what we have to remember is that we are listening. We are paying attention. We are we are paying attention. So maybe that could be the challenge. Just what are you telling yourself? Yeah. Um, I was going to say I love I love that one about what do you um, know that you're not letting yourself see, because we all know stuff that we just are not willing to let ourselves see for whatever reason, and it's a it's almost a game you can play with yourself. So I I love that one. Um, and um, what was the other one? Shifting your 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 thought process a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, we, we actually do a lot with our thoughts in, in Drayesco. We're very aware that we create every bit of our existence in the present and the reality that we're creating in the future is all about where we're, we're putting that attention and, and we have control over that. We don't think that typically. We tend to be very identified with our thoughts. We think our thoughts right. are, are who we are. And so right. a lot of our uh, work is to become the observer of our thoughts because there's that mm -hmm. little bit of attachment there, just observing where our mind has to go, observing what triggers us, what pulls us off center, making those observations gives us that little bit of room. So I'm thinking since we do a lot with that, we should have them do the uh, the closet one. I think that's fun. Okay. Where are you in the closet this week, y'all? <laughs> We're all still in the closet to some extent. And we can look at the situations that we attract into our lives. We can look at uh, other people's reactions to us. Everything in our external reality is a mirror showing us something about ourselves. Even the things that we don't like, there's information there showing us where, you know, where our thoughts have attracted that situation. So maybe just play with that a little bit in these next two weeks and see if you can find an area where you can uh, lower the mask a bit more and look for where that provides more connection in your your relationships with others in your relationship with yourself the mask isn't just for others we wear these masks and and we don't even see ourselves clearly because we're so invested in the mask right. so yeah that's... And, you know if, if i could just add one thought to that Please. two thoughts one i'm glad you're um, lawn person came by so you ended up in the closet I know that's, that, because, that was... 
your, no coincidence your there. That is beautiful. But then as it's sort of your playing around with your mask a little bit, sort of if you see other people doing that, celebrate their brave bravery. Yes. Um, because um, it's sort of like if we celebrate each other's bravery, then we get braver and braver. So yes. this has been so much fun. You are so much, you, you, you are just, it's, it's so trite to say full of joy and, and, and you're joyful just to be around. So um, Zooming with you has been so much fun for me and I'm grateful for you. I'm going to rub that in. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Back at you, beautiful soul brother. This has been delightful. And um, you listeners, go have a a slowed down, well-paced, attention to your joy, kick off to your holiday season, please. Just just stay in your heart. Stay in your your presence. See where you can keep that mask down. And uh, don't get caught up in too much busy, busy. And we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you, Paul. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Paul's new book makes a beautiful holiday gift, y'all. You can probably find it on Amazon right now, but for sure you can find out how to get it at his website, beginwithyes.com. And if you would like to gift a Joy School experience with a special discount for you when you buy a gift for a friend. You can find information about that at my site, lisamccourt.com. I would love to play with you in the new year, so check that out. Big, big love to y'all. Joy comes in many flavors, but they all start with you being full-on glorious you. If you'd like some personal love and support along your joy journey, Find me at lisamccourt.com. And as you do your joy this week, remember that you elevating your vibration elevates the vibration of everyone around you and ultimately elevates the vibration of all humanity. Thank you for being a valued member of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. We need you. Much love.
Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I am an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.